0: Friday morning on the Buckeye Breakdown podcast means only one thing. Time for our preview and prediction of this weekend's game. Of course, it's against the Youngstown State Penguins, which is not the most exciting game on the schedule. But we've got a fun show planned anyways. We're going to tell you why the Buckeyes obviously need to and will beat Youngstown State convincingly, and maybe shift some of that attention away from the, the negative energy that's been permeating through National College football fans' hearts over the last week or so. It's all coming up next. We're going to have some fun on Buckeye Breakdown. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is E.J. Liddell going to crack the first team all Big 10 I'll think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. What's up, everybody? Happy Football Friday. It is Buckeye Breakdown, live 7 a.m. every weekday morning. We're glad to have you. I'm Brendan Gulick, along with Anthony Meglin. You can find all the latest news and info on the Ohio State football team over at BuckeyesNow.com. We're on the Fed Nation Network, part of the Sports Illustrated Media Group. Would love it if you subscribe to this channel so that you can uh, support us that way. That would be awesome. Uh, we love doing these shows. we got a ton of coverage planned over the course of the weekend as well. Uh, But we get on the uh, get on the air for you every weekday morning to kind of get you started. And hopefully this could be one of your first stops and and be a reliable place for you to have some Ohio State football talk. Uh, Anthony, the uh, the before we talk about this year's Buckeyes, I think the the dominating headlines the last two days in football circles have been uh, have been so green, which is why I'm wearing green this morning uh, because Nick Bosa and Joe Burrow have made a lot
1: of money. Uh, a ton of money. Holy cow. That Joe Burrow contract is massive. A little bit of a surprise. Um, the kind of the narrative um, this off season, um, uh, was that he was going to take more of a team friendly deal, but Hey, I don't blame him. Uh, he, he got paid. Um, and that's two former Buckeyes who are now the, the top, uh, the top paid guys in the NFL. And that's, uh, that's one, uh, that's one arrow to have in the quiver that, uh, I, I know coach day probably, uh, told all the recruits, probably sent a text out last night to all the recruits. Like, Hey, you just see that come to Ohio state.
0: <laughs> Joe Burrow, obviously the, the highest paid, uh, offensive player and, and highest paid per year salary, you know, all time now 55 million bucks a year for, for five years. And I think it was like 219 is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Bosa, highest paid defensive player of all time. But beyond that, uh, Joey Bosa is the highest paid outside linebacker. Denzel Ward, the highest paid cornerback. And Corey Lindsley is the highest paid center of all time. And they're all Buckeyes. So I think that's kind of fun. Obviously, it's it's a pretty good time in this last uh, 15 to 20 years to be an Ohio State fan, not just because the product in Columbus has been good, uh, but so many of the best players for the Buckeyes have gone on to To have a pretty impressive run so far in the NFL, and um, this factory just keeps on churning, man. Can't wait to see who the next guy is that, that might reset the market.
1: Yeah. But I think the conversation this week is like Ohio state's the worst program of all time. I don't know. What that, I don't know what that's all about. I thought, uh, I thought we think, I thought we were throwing the program away and, and we're starting over from scratch, but uh, no, just messing around. That's uh it's impressive. It's impressive as heck. It doesn't, you know, everyone talks about who's wide receiver you or DB you or defensive line you. Like I think Ohio state, when you look at the, the, really the body of work and obviously you just said it, you know, you look at the dollars too. I mean, you know, you, you go to Ohio State to be, to get prepared to play in the NFL. Um, and it's uh, that's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool feather to have in the cap.
0: So when you're a program like Ohio State, uh, you, you get a chance to schedule a couple of teams outside of conference play that should be good for your morale. And uh, they're not always, you know, both FCS programs. Um, sometimes in the SEC that happens, but Ohio State has one FCS team on their schedule and one non-Power 5 team on their schedule other than the big non-conference game against Notre Dame. Uh, And so they've got a game this week against a team that they should destroy, right? I I don't think there are too many people that are worried uh, about Ohio State and Youngstown State to the point where I actually haven't been able to find a betting line on the game. I don't know if there's a line. I mean, somebody's got to have one somewhere, but – I haven't seen one on ESPN. I haven't seen one on with our partners at SI Sportsbook. I, I, I don't know where you bet on the game.
1: No, it's uh, it's one of those things, man, where it's like you know they're so outmatched, and yeah, I, I haven't found a line either um, for this game. So it, it's in, inside the locker room, you know, the guys. I'm hopeful, and you know, kind of it kind of seems that way from you've been down there um, pretty much all week um, with uh, you know post practice interviews and things like that, press conferences. And it seems like the the morale is pretty high, and, and that's a good thing. Uh, and I think that that's why these games are really important, uh, because you know we've we've had the conversation all week. Like, hey, we weren't we don't we weren't winning the national title in week one, and you're not supposed to win the national title in week one. There's some stuff to improve on, and I'm hopeful they had a great week of practice, and I'm hopeful Coach Day is like, hey guys, like, and you, you can kind of hear it from the from the press conferences with the players, like they don't care what we're saying, what anybody's saying, tweeting, doing this, doing that. Um, they're just ready to go and, and go show, you know, kind of the country. Like, hey, relax, take a deep breath, especially Buckeye Nation. Hey, we got to chill out, take a take a deep breath, and we're going to be fine this year. So, I'm I'm hopeful that the that the guys are going to come in tomorrow, relax. Um, and and ready to just play a clean, clean football game and get in and out of Dodge with uh, no injuries. We're going to hit on that in a little bit. And then, you know, look the part. Uh, And and I'm excited to see what they have. Because, hey, at the end of the day, you know, it's the end of the the work week. we got football tomorrow. And it's another opportunity for them uh, to show what Ohio State football is going to be this year.
0: So I I am really interested to see how the beginning of this game plays out. Because, Mm -hmm. I I mean, on paper – this should be the kind of game where you lead by three or four touchdowns at the end of the first quarter, right? You, you, you really should put the game away early. It should be a pretty easy, low stress kind of day as a fan, the coaching staff and the players won't treat it as a low stress day. Necessarily. They're going to go out and play hard and try to take advantage of every game rep they can get because they need it. But you're not worried going into this week, but what I'm interested is where is, where's the line that Ryan day draws between playing starters and playing depth because an awful lot of the time, the last couple of years in particular, I feel like Ryan day plays his starters deeper into games than I would if I were, you know, in his shoes, I'm not paid 10 million bucks a year or whatever it is to, to be a divisional one college football coach and Ryan day has forgotten more football than, than I'll ever know. So I'm not going to sit here and second guess him, but I, if he is genuinely trying to build depth and maybe even more importantly, because it's this early in the season, see what he's got. I, I want to know like, where is that line? Because he has made such an emphasis this week, way more than I thought, on running the ball. And I understand that. I, I get it. I don't even blame him necessarily for it. But you're good if you're going to run the ball the way he says that they're going to run it, they're going to chew some clock. Mm-hmm. And what if this game isn't, 21 to nothing or 28 to nothing or whatever at the end of the first quarter and what if you can't just yank your starters off the field because you don't have this big wide margin the way last week we saw he he probably wanted to play Devin Brown more and decided now nah, I trust Kyle McCord more and you know wouldn't you know it Indiana's defensive line finally looks like a power five defensive line for once and and we can't we can't play depth quite yet so I just want to know going into this game and, and we're, we'll find out tomorrow, but like, where is that line in the sand for him where he's like, look, I'm willing to take a bit of a chance that even my second team guys are going to still stretch this lead. And we can take Marvin off the field way before we ordinarily would.
1: Right. And I think that in my opinion, um, the hit, the first order of business is get the first team guys, right? Like make sure you know, we get in there um, and and the, and the operation looks smooth. Like I think defensively you're in really good shape. So I think that, you know, the offense and defense are two separate two separate conversations right now. So starting with offense, like you're not going to sacrifice an opportunity a Saturday opportunity because I don't like they could be playing John Carroll and it it would still be live action, live bullets, you know, right. They're the way better team than Youngstown state is, but, it's still a real game where you're getting hit and Kyle McCord's live and, you know, it's real action. So you're not going to sacrifice that experience to, um, especially with the team that, you know, with our team that didn't look that great last, last week. So you won't sacrifice that just to build some depth. So on the offensive side, my guess is if it were me, um, I would be, I would be, hey, we want, we're going to play the starters for the first half. Um, and we're going to play it straight up. Like we're going to play a, a normal game. Um, we're going to be running it. We're going to be throwing it. You know, we're going to approach this thing like it's a Big Ten game and we're going to go and we're going to try to, you know, put some points on the board and build some confidence because that's like really, really big. You know, your offensive line needs to build some chemistry. Um, That's been a buzzword of mine for the past week and a half. Like they need to build their their rapport, their chemistry. Um, So you need you want them to have big reps. You want Marvin and Emeka to be out there to, to build some chemistry with Kyle. You know, but it is, like you said, it's a fine line. You don't want Marvin to be running down the field and, you know, get a freak injury. Um, But at the end of the day, that's the sport we play. Like, uh, that's the sport that they're playing, you know. So uh, it, it is certainly a fine line. But I bet, in my opinion, there's some goals on the offensive side. Like, hey, we want our starters to play the first half. And then, like you said yesterday, maybe come out in that first drive in the third quarter play that like we would like we're playing Notre Dame in two weeks and then pull them all out and then start building some depth. So it'll be interesting to see how he'll approach that. That would be the way I would do it if I were him. Um, and then on the defensive side, I think it's a totally different story. I think that you um, you, you performed really, really well um, last week and you're, you're very confident in what the defense can bring to the table. Um, so for them, it's, hey, let's get a couple drives and maybe it's a different story. Hey, we want to start building some depth in the secondary we certainly want to build depth at the at the linebacker position uh, because right now we got two guys in Steel and, uh, um, and and Tommy that you know we love and we know are going to be there, but we don't know what's behind them. And then at the defensive line, you can start playing some of those younger guys and give them some action once the game's a little bit more in hand. You know, if you, they get out early, twenty-one nothing in the first quarter, you'll start seeing those defensive guys kind of filter out. Uh, and That's just my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, and I I think you're probably right. We're, we're getting a couple of questions on when do you think Devin's going to get in? The offensive line needs you know time to play with Devin, and and he needs to see some reps. I, I tend to agree, and I guess I also wonder how much does Ryan Day want Devin Brown to play with the first team guys? Like, if he wants to see Devin the way he says he does, he's got to give him legitimate opportunities. He's he can't just put him in the game and call a bunch of handoffs. He's got to give him a chance to throw the ball and and you know, Ryan Day doesn't uh n- never wants to embarrass anybody. And, and so it's like where's the fine line between what if you follow what you said and what Ryan Day often does and you play the starters the whole first half? And what if it's I don't know, 28 to 3 at halftime. Mm-hmm. And and you know, you're you're winning. Um, the game's probably not in question. Okay, do, do you, do you bring the starters out for the first series of the second half? because that t- that tends to happen a lot before you then put your second string in. Um, and and if that's the, you know, if that's the case, are you willing to chuck it around with Devin Brown when maybe you're up five touchdowns? You know, like, do you want that perception? Do you even care? I mean, those are those are questions that I think are fair because a lot of times in some of those blowout games the last, you know, four years, Justin Fields and C.J. Stroud played the first drive of the second half. Mm-hmm. And, and I I kind of expect Kyle to. Frankly, I, I want him to. If he's going to be your starter, or at least if you are leaning that way right now in your, and you're not willing to put a, a flag in the ground, I do think you need to play your starting quarterback into the beginning of the second half so you can see if he can make whatever adjustments that you talk about in the locker room. That's that's part of playing that position.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I agree. And one thing I think we'll find out is the status of the, the competition, the quarterback situation. You'll know right away. You'll know in the first quarter uh, what the situation is. If Devin comes in in the first quarter and is getting getting reps with you know the one-o line and getting reps with the one running backs and one receivers, like, you'll know that there's still some, um, there's still some indecision. If he doesn't come out, you know, you'll know that, Hey, this is, it's pretty much decided and then he'll get some reps in the second half. So there, I think, you know, you'll learn a lot uh, about that, uh, you know, throughout the, uh, throughout the afternoon, but um, you know, kind of, you know, it's, 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 it's a fine line. Um, And I do think too, to your other point is that, um, you know, if you're in the second half, and you're throwing you're still throwing it around. I don't think that that's like, a, I think that's what they will do, um, you know, because you're trying to use this game to build chemistry. This isn't, hey, we're trying to run up the score just to run up the score. or We're trying to open it up just to open it up. I think that it's understood on both sides. Like, hey, you know, Ohio State's going to be working on some things. Um, and, and you know it's not a, like a different
0: practice. yeah and, and youngstown state yeah, i don't know what the actual number is but you know we're paying you two million bucks or whatever to come here and be the sacrificial lamb so yeah, it's two million bucks yeah. to come practice yeah. we're
1: trying to get better at some stuff they yeah. won't take offense to uh you know getting 50 burgered or 60 or whatever it is if ohio state's still throwing it because hey they watched the tape last week they know what ohio state has to work on
0: yeah yeah i um i also look back at at some other games like this. Uh, and obviously, you know, the one that really jumps out to you, it's not a FCS opponent, but Ohio state's game against Tulsa was obviously a game that Travion Henderson just went off. Mm -hmm. Um, they also made it pretty clear this week that despite how well chip training played, uh, and you know, Mayan scored a couple of touchdowns when they rotated him in, um, he made it pretty clear that Travion Henderson, when fully healthy, is still running back number one, despite what Maurice Claret wants to say on, on social. And I think Maurice Claret might have an argument. <laughs> uh, but I, I kind of expect Travion to have a good day. You know, you look at where where he, quote unquote, struggled last week. I think it was more a condemnation of the holes not being there because the offensive line didn't block very well more than Travion's inability to make something happen. Um, He says he feels pretty darn good. And, and I, I gotta be honest. I expect him to have a, you know, at least one touchdown and a, you know, a a hundred yard day on the ground. I don't know if that's, if if he's done by a certain time threshold. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of Buckeyes that see touches on Saturday, five or six uh, total, but I do think Travion is going to have a big day. And I think some of that's because they're going to make running the football a priority that I'm, I'm choosing to take day at his word, man, as much as I want to see Kyle uh, and see Devin Chuck it. I think the Buckeyes are going to run the football and I don't necessarily love that. Um, cause I know they can, but I, I, I just want to see what this offense is capable of.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that the, the story coming out of last week, um, is that it's good to, in my opinion, it's good to have three horses in the backfield. Like I think that the three guys that they can go to, you're, com- I'm at least comfortable seeing any of them carry the rock. Like I think Chip brings a uh, brings a certain level of physicality uh, to when he runs, and and I think Mayan brings a little bit of elusiveness as well as a little punch at the end. I think Travion is a really really good running back, and I think you have three great options in the backfield. So um, yeah, I think that Trey will get the lion's share of the carries. Uh, But, you know, I think you're comfortable with anybody back there. But, yeah, we'll see what they – you'll know. We'll know right away what the emphasis was all week in practice. You'll know on the first drive. Uh, You know, if they come out and they're trying to really establish the run and challenge the offensive line to look like an Ohio State offensive line, you'll know that. Or you'll know if, hey, we need to – if the pass game was a huge – Point of correction this week, you'll know that as well uh, they'll learn, because they'll come out and start slinging it around. So, um, you know, Coach Day has been harping on the run game, so we'll see. Maybe that, maybe that's what they they lean on early. Uh, but, you know, we'll all know. Every every Buckeye, Buckeye fan is going to know right away um, what kind of is the emphasis of the day.
0: So speaking of the run game, you know, we, we kind of alluded to it yesterday uh, with – so some of the, in my opinion, lack of physicality blocking from receivers in the run game. Um, Ryan Day had his radio show yesterday, and then he's available to the media on a Zoom call for about 10 minutes. And I had a chance to ask him about this. I want to share the clip with you and then we'll we'll break down what he said. Coach, I wanted to ask a little bit about uh, receivers in the blocking game and just how you graded that out last week. Were you happy with the way your receivers blocked since you've made such an emphasis on wanting to run the football more?
2: thought there were some good things. I thought Julian Fleming um, had some really nice blocks. I thought he played physical. Um, I thought there were some plays we could have done a better job in that area. So uh, looking for more consistency there. But like you said, that's that's an important part of the game. Um, you know, we want to stretch the the field vertically and horizontally. And part of that is the wide receivers blocking on the perimeter. Now, we have some big, strong receivers, and so – you see a lot of teams, you know, push the ball on the perimeter, however that is, whether it's in the run game or throwing the ball on perimeter, you know, wide receiver screens, bubbles, things like that. But the key to making it all work, just like the run game, is is blocking. So, um, you know, you watch a lot of these teams get get players' touches on the perimeter in the wide receiver screen game. Uh, that works when you're blocking. And so, you know, that's something that our guys have done in the past, but we'll continue to, to push them on. Because the better we block on the perimeter, just like in the run game inside, it's just an extension of the run game. That's the way we look at it. Look at it, um, You know, and, and what that forces teams to do is, is you know, get out of the box a little bit and and defend the the field horizontally. So whether we're doing that in the run game or, you know, shooting the ball out on, on wide receiver screens or bubbles or, or those types of things, we're going to need those guys to block at a high level. Um, I think you saw some of that, but uh, we're going to keep pushing them because, you know, our expectations are very high.
0: You know, I, I almost thought it was um, almost as interesting what he didn't say or or who he didn't mention than who he did there. Um, I, I really appreciated Ryan's thoughtful, thorough answer. I mean, that was a nearly, you know, minute and 15 second answer uh, to what I thought was a fairly straightforward question. And... You know, he made it clear he thought Julian Fleming blocked fairly well. He, he didn't mention Marv's name. He didn't mention Me- Emeka's name. He didn't mention Carnell Tate's name. Um, I thought there were some good moments from those guys blocking last Saturday. But I, I, I thought there were a few moments they looked a little disinterested in the second half when they weren't getting touches and when the offense was a little clunky and – I just hope it doesn't become a regular occurrence that, you know, Marvin gets two catches on eight targets and both those catches are in the first quarter. And then all of a sudden you see him or somebody else mentally check out. It's a small sample size, but um, if Ohio state wants to win a national championship, because they've got the skill position players, I think to be in that conversation, um, you know, th- those guys are going to have to take some pride in that part of the game. And this should be a weekend where they can get their feet underneath them and feel good about, you know, blocking the, the defensive backs that they're going to be bigger than.
1: Yeah, the getting receivers to block is like the the toughest challenge a coach has ever had in the sport of football because those guys are the best. Like wide receiver – the wide receiver room is like the best room on the team. It's always like funny guy, like great dudes. They all love each other. They all want to score points and, and have their cool highlights. But uh, one of the biggest things, to, biggest challenges to get them to do is to kind of stick their nose in there um, and get them to, to contribute to the run game. So there's a lot of things you can do on the back end. You know, I'm sure that there's a competition in that room. There's probably uh, you know a huge board on the wall or some some kind of a some kind of an incentive um, to get those guys to really stick their nose in there um, and, and make some plays happen because you know it, it it is so important running or blocking uh, from the perimeter. And why is it important? It's because you know, a receiver's block springs uh, a five-yard run into a twenty-yard run, or a twenty-yard run into a sixty-yard run. Or you know, you've seen you've seen the clips where you know there's a there's a fifty-yard run, the running backs running down the field, and you got one of your boys running right there with you, leading you to the end zone. And it's some, it's not even a huge block. Sometimes it's just getting in the way. Um, there's a lot of different techniques to do it, and, and you know, I think that um, you know. It is a challenge, and it's a challenge everywhere. You know, you'll watch games on Sunday where a guy may not get some targets, and and he'll check out. You know, that's just something that you just kind of have to work through and find different ways to incentivize your guys to kind of stick their nose in there. I know one of the stories I love, and something that you know a lot of coaches implement. I think Kyle Shanahan's done this in the past, where he they watch all of the inside run from practice and all the run clips together as a team, and he. Singles out receivers who have done well because it shows the offensive line that hey, these got the offensive line sometimes don't love the receivers because they get all the shine and they dance in the end zone. But when it's shown to the team that you know they're sticking their nose in there on the run, they're playing tough. And you know Marvin Harrison sprinted across the field and got a guy thirty yards away to spring a spring a touchdown. You know those things are huge and they build a lot of confidence not only in that room but across the entire offense. So I bet you'll see a little bit of an emphasis if it was um, something that they that they really preached about this week is just hey get that extra guy and it doesn't have to be the the uh you know big shot where you clean somebody's clock and, and take and declete them. It's just get in the way. Get in the way of one guy and let's spring some spring some balls or spring some runs deep. Um, and even on those outside screens too just get in the way and, and, and you know open up a lane.
0: I'm good with offensive linemen dancing in the end zone. I mean that's I, love that. I, I wish him. A more let them dance. <laughs> yes. Let them yeah. do it. Uh, it. Uh, I, I anticipate that this is going to be a fun weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get to a final score prediction to wrap the show, why don't we go to your keys to the game here?
1: Yeah, keys to the game for me. I think there's two sides of the ball. Like, like kind of what we were talking about early. Um, I think on offense, the number one key for me is I, it needs to look. It needs to look the part. Um, you know, this game has the opportunity. We right. You know, you're going to win the game but don't win it like 35 to 3 and leave question marks about about what's going on. Like let's come out, let's look let's look the partner. What does that mean? Right? I don't want to see any third and longs. You know, third and longs means you're behind the behind the chains. I want to see positive on first down. Let's get either the first down on second down or get in the third and manageable. You know, Peyton Manning always used to say, the best days of offense were first down, second down, first down. First down, second down, first down. So that is that means you're positive on first, and you're moving the sticks on second. That allows you to open and open up the playbook and take some shots. So that's that's the number one thing. I don't want to see any third downs. I don't want to see any punts uh, from at least when the offense is out there. And I know that's a lofty goal. That's one that's at the top. If you hit that, that's great, right? There's going to be some things that happen, maybe a penalty here or a penalty there, um, and that's one you really circle up top. Like, hey, you know, if we don't punt the ball, that's a huge, huge win, and that's a very big success. Um. So that would be, that'd be pretty awesome. Um, and then in the past game, you know, let's, let's make it, let's have it look a little bit better. And I, and I say a little bit better. We were so close last week. You know, I think of two plays that really changed the game. I think that check down early to Travion Henderson, if that ball gets caught, that's a huge chunk play. I think of the curl route that he missed Marvin Harrison on because he tried to chuck one deep and force one. That's a huge chunk play and that gets things going. Maybe looks a little bit better. We also found yesterday that that shouldn't have been a penalty on the touchdown, which unfortunate that it kind of changed the conversation as well. Uh, But I want the passing game to look a little bit better, and I want the offense um, to look a lot more smooth, um, um, you know, when they're out there operating uh, with the football.
0: How about on the defensive side?
1: Yeah, defense. I think you just continue, just continue. Um, you know the momentum you have built from last week. Um, last week was an awesome showing. Gave up three points, 150 yards total offense, um, less than 100 yards passing, um, and less than 100 yards on the ground. So I think that's a great start, and just continue to build um, on that. There really wasn't. We haven't said peep about the defense side this whole week because they look great. You know, the secondary looked good. The defensive line looked good. I think the defense line could improve a little bit, maybe get a little bit more pressure uh, without having to add blitzes and um, just use the front four guys to get pressure, but wasn't an area of concern. I thought your linebackers played great. So just continue that momentum that you built last week. And you're always, your goal every week is to pitch a cutout. Like, let's try to keep the Penguins off the board. There's no reason that they should score. I don't think personnel wise they can even come close to matching up. So let's keep that blanked. um, If possible, Uh, that'd be a goal of mine, um, you know, if I was on the defensive side of the ball this week.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. You know, I I want to see a little bit more whether or not this defense is actually a championship caliber defense. But to me, there was a pretty impressive opening statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe casual fans expected Ohio State's defense to, you know, to, to squash Indiana because the Hoosiers don't have great football history and tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if, you, if you're paying attention, the, the Buckeyes yeah. joked about it last week hey, it's week one, we don't know what they're going to come out in. I mean, it you know, it could, it could be anything, you can run a triple option. And and Jim Knowles said that sarcastically thinking, well, there's no way they're going to run the triple option. And they didn't practice against it, but for five plays all week long in practice. And what did they come out and do? They ran the triple option. And, and look at the way the defense figured that out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some serious maturity and football IQ there. Uh, where guys were picking up assignments. You know, the scheme was, was taught quickly enough and well enough that they could execute it live in the moment during the game. Um, I thought that was a nice response from an Ohio state team early in the year on defense. that got tested to say, Hey, what do you got? Can you, can you pass a test you didn't study for? And I thought they did with flying colors. So you know, I, I want to see more of that, and I expect that they're going to look good on Saturday. I'm, I'm not going to judge too much on whether Ohio State feels like a national championship caliber defense by the way they play against Youngstown State, um, but they need to look like they are capable. The expectation is that they're going to play really well. So, you know, let's let's see a couple of takeaways, um, and I, I certainly don't want to see touchdowns on the board. My my inclination is that it's not going to be a shutout. I think somewhere along the way they're going to give up. I don't know if it's going to be a touchdown or a field goal, uh, but I'll I'll lead right into my score prediction. I think it's it's going to be a fifty-four to three game on Saturday. Um, I think there is a reasonable likelihood that uh somewhere along the way, Youngstown State will will squeak out three points.
1: Yeah. And and Pitching a shutout is very hard. It's hard to do, you know, because you never know what's going to happen. So I agree with you. I think from uh, my side of things, I'm thinking 49 to 7 um, is going to be my prediction. I think a late one, they they squeeze one in late. Uh, but I think one thing that I will add um, is to for the Buckeye fans, don't expect this to be perfect. Like don't expect Kyle McCord – because I know you're all sitting there, you're going to be crossed cross-armed like this. Like he should have made that pass. He should have done this. He's not going to go 22 of 22 for 300 yards and two scores. It's, there's going to be incompletions. There's still going to be work that needs to be done. It won't be perfect. So don't expect it to be perfect. Expect it to be better. Look for look for some certain things that we've talked about all week of areas of improvement. Make sure the ball's going in the right place. Make sure it's accurate. You know Those things are, are, are what you're looking for. And then in the run game, look for it to be physical, um, which, which I think it will be. But don't expect perfection because – I promise, you it's not going to happen. It won't happen. You'll be disappointed, and you'll be, you know, everyone will be hand it again next week. This team stinks, but hey, I think it, I think they'll look better. I think they they're going to make a ton of improvements um, in this this week of practice, um, and I think it's going to look a lot more like Ohio State football um, on Saturday afternoon.
0: Just can't wait to get in one of my favorite cathedrals in the country, the Horseshoe in Columbus. Man, that uh, game day experience is is unlike anywhere else in the nation, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, the weather is supposed to be perfect. I mean, perfect. So if you're going to the game, try to just like actually enjoy the, enjoy the day. And, you know, I know you're playing a a team that probably doesn't have you all fired up, but like if this turns into a blowout, stay at the game and like keep it loud and have fun. I know that that little PSA probably won't matter because people (laughs) won't, but you know, it's worth saying anyways, it's, it's going to be such a comfortable Late summer, early fall day. Uh, I think it's going to be a ton of fun, and and it should be a uh, it should be a worry free day as a fan. So have a good time and stick around, will you? That's what I have to say. I love, it. I love
1: <laughs> it. Yeah, it'll be good. And if you're not going to the game, use it as a great appetizer for uh, for a sure. big day of college football. There's a lot of great. Well, games
0: yeah, the that's the other good point. In Texas Alabama is not till later at night. Yep. the is going to play a, a team that. You know, we think is competent. I don't know how good NC State is, but they're they're better than what Notre Dame's seen the last couple of weeks. So yep. let's see what the Irish can do as we continue to kind of scout them a little bit.
1: And you'll have a late night Wisconsin kickoff too. Well, not a late night, but later in the afternoon at Washington State. So oh, yeah. yeah, use it as a really good appetizer. Get you get your Buckeye football in, and then uh, and then use it for uh, for a great day. Another great day of college football.
0: It's going to be awesome. We can't wait to be there. We'll bring you coverage all day long on Saturday and certainly wrap up on uh, on Sunday to give you our What We Learned episode. Um, not expected to hear from Ryan Day or the team on anything today. Usually Friday is a dark day for the media. Uh, we'll be on site tomorrow morning by 830 down at the stadium. We'll do a, a pregame hit from the stadium and uh, be sure to share anything that that's newsworthy with you, whether it's breaking news uh, or what the game day atmosphere is like. Uh, Obviously, we're looking forward to watching the game, and then uh, we'll have the post-game press conference with Coach Day, and and ordinarily, one coordinator and one player, probably quarterback, because that's how it's historically been. Um, We'll have that streaming live post-game right here on our YouTube channel, Uh, and then we will add, after the fact, they're going to have a bunch of players kind of filtered into the back of the press conference room. Uh, and and we'll have a chance to talk with those guys and get some additional video that won't be on the live stream though we'll we'll have to upload that afterward uh, and then Anthony I'll do our, our post game show and let you know what we thought in real time with all the emotions that uh, that come with an immediate hopefully uh, convincing win over the Youngstown State Penguins so. Uh, for all, again, for all the latest for Ohio State football, head over to BuckeyesNow.com. Please subscribe to the channel. if you if you were with us live, we had another good audience this morning. Thanks for being with us. Um, and if you listen to us live, that's great. We'd encourage you to do that. But uh, if you're listening after the fact, just know that you can join us live. Uh, just hit the notification bell on our YouTube channel and, and you'll know when we go live. But you can count us count on us uh, every weekday morning starting at seven am. All right, for Anthony Meglin I'm Brendan Gulick, thanks for hanging out we'll look forward to seeing you down at the shoe. Ohio State and Youngstown State, Buckeyes are finally back in the shoe for the first time since uh, a bad day last November. Let's see if uh, Saturday can be any better here.